Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for one of two special episodes dropping today as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Nip Tuck. If you've sat down and listened to our special reunion episode or watched it on YouTube and thought, ew, actors, I want to hear real fans, then you're in for a treat because you've got me again. And another guy who also has seen all of Nip Tuck to celebrate the anniversary and really just go over some legacy parts, memories and everything else from this show that we love, we covered, we're the only podcast still to this day we've covered and hopefully some people might remember enough to celebrate it. My name is Ben and I really don't think I should have to tell you this but stop sleeping with your sister. (laughs) My name's Nick and I laughed, I cried, I came. Oh, just that's the uh, Oz Network motto. But uh, <laughs> w- welcome, welcome back, Nick, to talk about Nip Tuck. You and I have covered an entire other TV show since we talked about Nip Tuck. Uh, you've got to go back uh, more than four years since we wrapped up Nip Tuck. Believe it or not, it was the first show that we actually finished on this on this podcast. So uh, go us. But uh, here we are, twenty years later, on this very day since this show premiered. How how are you feeling as a as a Nip Tuck fan, are you you nostalgic? Are you excited? All of the above? Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's and and it's kind of yeah, it feels like a bit of a time warp, doesn't it? Like we we wrap this thing up and and kind of walked away and and yeah, and then you kind of come back to it and you like. And I was just thinking today, like if we started again from scratch and and read, and I'm not suggesting we do Ben, by the way, but you know, like we'll if do we friends did, kind first, of, Nick. Yeah. We'll do friends first. <laughs> but I think like you would have. I think I would have an all new kind of take on the show, you know, like, like your life changes. But I think like one of the things I think about the show that I had kind of not really thought about when we did it is, you know, there's that, that episode, I think it's actually the the premiere of season two and it kind of focuses a little bit on Sean turning 40. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I'm about to turn 40 next year. And it's like, suddenly like I hadn't really thought about this as a bit of a, an expose of you know a midlife crisis kind of happening and maybe that's because we then went on and did breaking bad which is the ultimate midlife crisis but um you know i think the, the cool thing about the show is is that when you go through different stages in life there's different things you look at so i think it is really fun to kind of think about it from a different perspective than maybe we did when we last talked about it and and that's i think it's an enduring show because of that which is really cool so yeah i mean i am a little bit nostalgic for what is a really cool show yeah i sped rewatched it basically over the last month and got through all 100 episodes and it would have been the first time since i since we recapped it all that i'd rewatched it and you're right like you a lot happens in life and you do interpret things very differently and and it's kind of it is very interesting to kind of do that and it does seem like a world away that we recap this show. It really does. Um, and particularly this was the first one we did. But one thing that I think it's it's interesting on, you know, this 20th anniversary, and we've seen, I mean, since we wrapped this up, we had a little thing called COVID uh, and sort of <laughs> through that period of time, a little thing called Zoom basically became a big thing. And through that period, everybody was doing like retrospective reunions of television shows and kind of bringing the cast back together. And then you'd have these big anniversaries and everything. And, this was a show that was very big at the time, but then kind of faded into obscurity. And at least at the time of recording this, on this day that we're releasing this in our reunion episode, as I said in the reunion episode, bit of an exclusive because as far as I'm aware, there's nothing else really being done, which is a bit of a shame considering that this is a Golden Globe winning show. This is Ryan Murphy's sort of biggest show that he had before Glee and all of these kind of levels of it that sort of we can be here to celebrate. So that's one thing that I think I find a little bit sad that we seem to be the only ones kind of, uh, I guess, pushing this agenda out that, hey, everyone, 20 years of Nip Tuck, let's celebrate. 
Yeah, I think it's probably one of those things that I, I think we've gotten used to shows kind of ending before their welcome wears out now. And I think that probably, you know, in all fairness, you probably wouldn't say that about Nip Tuck is that probably if the show had kind of ended at season four, like we talked about at the time, you know, had these four great episodes in Miami. Um, if it was, sorry, four seasons, not four episodes. That would be a really short show. Um <laughs> you probably would have something that was way more remembered. And I think it probably did outstay its welcome a little bit. And so people often kind of think about, oh, that was that show that went on forever. Was there really a hundred episodes of that show? And I think they sometimes forget. And, and, you know, when we talked about season four, about what a great season that is, and people just don't even remember it mm. because it was kind of sandwiched in the middle. And I think if that had been the end of it, and I think it's about that lesson about going out on a high as opposed to dragging things out. And I think while this show was a bit of a pioneer of its time, it was probably still in that kind of, that world where you kept things going for as long as you possibly could. Um, and I think of other shows that kind of started in and around that time, i.e. Survivor being one of them, you know, that is still going probably well beyond the time it probably should have wrapped up. And I think that probably has a bit of a bearing on it a little bit. Um, and it's a real shame because you're totally right. And the whole thing about Ryan Murphy like this, if we didn't have the success of Nip Tuck, if Nip Tuck had been a failure, you probably don't have Glee and you probably don't have American Horror Story and American Crime Story and whatever he's working on now. Um, you know, like it, it did kind of open the door for somebody who's become a real kind of leading light in Hollywood, well, in, in TV anyway. And so, yeah, I think it's just, it's really interesting to think about this kind of, this kind of closed off little space really, you know, like it's, it's a really cool show that is a little bit forgotten about and that probably makes it really rewarding for people to pick up now that they probably pick it up and go actually this is really cool i just didn't i'd kind of forgotten or, or whatever it's on hulu i believe i'm not sure in australia new zealand if it's there but i know in the states at least it is i got a, a nip tuck little fake t-shirt made up for the reunion which you can check me out wearing in the video version i actually wore it to the office the other day and I actually did have somebody say to me, I was at a Nip Tuck t-shirt. So I was like, hey, there you go. <laughs> like somebody somebody remembered. But it was interesting sort of when you, you binge something so quickly, obviously we watched it and we talked a lot about, you know, these were dated, these maybe hold up and things like that. But even society has changed in that four-year period that we sort of did, um, you know, wrap it up. But when you watch it so closely, one thing I will say, like you do notice a lot of things are very timeless. A lot of things hold up very well. We talked about how it was very ahead of its time and particularly sort of, you know, you look at things like transgender issues, transgender rights and all that sort of stuff that's really advanced in the last four years since you and I wrapped this show up and some of the stuff around it, some maybe doesn't hold up well, but then there's also stuff that you kind of look at it and go like, this was done in 2003. Like, wow, this is 20 years now and this is a conversation we are having today, which is like, it's, it's crazy to think. And then there's just so many other parts of this show that you kind of look back on it now and you're just like, wow, but then... Yeah, there are definitely moments where you think, okay, yeah, that probably doesn't come across a certain way and uh, maybe not that way. But yeah, Ryan, it's just, it's crazy to think just on the Ryan Murphy train, just how much he has gone, even sort of in the period that you and I did this show that, you know, we sort of wrapped this up just around about when American Crime Story, I think it only had like, what, the two series at the time, 911 had only just started, Pose had just kind of started. And since then, you know, how many other shows has he done? He's done The Politician, he did Hollywood, he did Ratchet, he did Monster, which obviously gone, you know, huge big things as well. The Watcher, another series of American Crime Story. Uh, I mean, so many of these shows that sort of just are popping around American Horror Stories and the sort of the spin-off of American Horror Story. I think he did about another two other movies, didn't he, around that point. He's done a few more movies since then as well. So, um, yeah, I guess just... You just everyone now now knows who Ryan Murphy is. Mm. Not that they didn't in the two thousands, but it's sort of. I, I mean, I remember like ten or so years ago when I would say like, "Oh, anything Ryan Murphy does, I love." And I sort of look at you and go, "Who's Ryan Murphy?" And you're like, "Oh, the guy who did Glee." Oh, okay, that guy. Whereas now you don't need to explain because Glee's kind of gone the way of the dodo now. That's the curse show that you don't talk about anymore. But yeah, Ryan Murphy. I mean, God, this was the show, and I'm sad to say, not popular because that's a great show as I always defended that really <laughs> put him on the map. Yeah, and 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 you're totally right. Like Glee will be the one that he's kind of remembered for. Um, I've, I've never watched an episode of Glee, um, so I have no idea. I, like I, I vaguely know what it's about, but um, it's the one everyone's know, trying to cancel now. Like because I mean, about half the people died, and then now they everyone you always see like, oh, this character was horrible. This character was offensive. This character this, and now it's like the one that they're always trying to like cancel right. and think like, oh, Glee was shit. 
Yeah, and I mean, that's interesting because I think probably when you talk about the show and, and how it holds up, and I know this is a bit of a Ryan Murphy conversation, but I think, you know, would Christian's actions hold up now on, you know, some of the things he does, like even the way he kind of finds out about Ava, you know, like that would probably be held up as, you know, Christian Troy's a rapist or whatever, you know, that would kind of be the way it would be portrayed now. Um, and so I think, yeah, probably all these things are like a like a, a time capsule of, of that moment. Um, and I think Ryan Murphy was, is very ahead of his time and there is some elements. And I think probably you were talking about societal stuff, which is absolutely true. But I also think the other thing that the show really kind of pushed forwards was kind of the realism of, of surgery scenes. Mm. Like I think, mm-hmm. I don't think that was really a big thing, even though you had a lot of other medical shows at the time, like just kind of the, that was always a big thing with Nip Tuck, right? Is that they didn't kind of shy away from showing the real the horror of surgery and kind of the after effects of you know like people go on about oh, i've got a boob job but then they don't talk about the fact that they can't walk for you know two weeks or whatever you know whatever it might be and i i think probably that's that's the stuff that i think is is really interesting to me that he's actually ahead of his time and, and being able to show stuff and when you are kind of on the edge you will kind of step over sometimes and people will be offended by stuff but i think if you never kind of get near that edge then you never find out interesting stuff like i'll be totally honest i think like i learned quite a lot about transgender issues from watching nip tuck you know like i think without the show i probably would have had a really different view of it being somebody that doesn't live in that world and you know is all of it totally correct and pc or maybe not but you know like i think i feel like i've learned a whole lot from watching the show so i I think you've got to take the good with the bad sometimes yeah i mean there's definitely like you touched on sort of like yeah the christian finding out with ava when you think about, I hate to bring up this storyline, but like Christian and freaking Liz, like at yeah. night, like that's a bit rapey. And then so many things around Kimber. I mean, poor Kimber. She's just yeah. like, just absolutely treated like dirt half the time. And yeah, you definitely do watch it now with a lens going, oh, I don't know how that holds up. But I mean, I, I will say like, kind of like the, the stuff around, even the stuff around like Ava and sort of Matt's, I guess, discovery of it and trying to work out who he is and, okay, he bashes uh, someone, but like at the same time when he sort of befriends Cherry and kind of defends her and, and all of this sort of stuff, like it's it's very interesting to kind of see a lot of this sort of stuff visited. And Ryan Murphy, you know, would pose, I don't know if you've ever watched it, obviously it was a groundbreaking show for sort of transgender actors and trans actors in general and everything along those lines. I think it still holds the record for most trans actors ever in a, in a television show. But it's just sort of some of these things that you kind of see that Ryan Murphy was sowing the seeds. And even if you go back and watch Popular, that you can just see it. You can see what type of person he is that he wants to put these issues out there and not just have it super stereotypical, you know, like the stereotypical gay person, stereotypical trans person, stereotypical woman. And there are those elements that are still in this show, of course there is. But it's it's not on a level where if you're watching an episode of like CSI or something like that or freaking NYPD Blue or everything along those lines, it's it's fascinating. You um, I know you sort of mentioned to me in the last few weeks that you maybe might go back and listen to some of our episodes or anything. But did you plan to watch or have you watched any sort of other Nip Tuck episodes? Just going like oh, I'm going to put on this one. Like I'm going to put on Sal Perry. Is it really that bad? I don't, I don't you know <laughs> things like yes, that. Yes, <laughs> yes is the answer. I mean, I haven't watched any episodes. I did go back and listen to kind of our season recaps and then the series recaps that we did because I thought that was just a good way of kind of reminding me. I think one of the things with a hundred episodes is you do kind of forget some of the storylines and some of the, the more insane stuff. Um, but um, uh, there definitely will be, you know, opportunities to go back and kind of watch episodes. And I, I definitely think I will do that. Um, and I, there isn't probably one in mind that I definitely want to watch, but I think it was what was really interesting when we went through it was, you know, I think I talked at the time that, you know, season one and two, I knew really, really well, and then three and four, I kind of knew a little bit. And then five and six, I had kind of watched once and hadn't really remembered very much at all. And so it gave me an opportunity to kind of go back and watch. And I think things like, even though I wasn't a massive fan of season three, I think this, the episode of, of you know, um, the wedding episode, I think is a really great episode. And it's it's one that kind of just shows different sides of these characters. Um, you know, I think stuff in season four is really worth going back and watching. And I think even, you know, even though we rubbish season six, I think, you know, it ends really well. And, you know, so it is quite, it's always quite nice to go back and watch the last couple of episodes of a show that you really love and remind yourself how it ends. And, and, 
it's a satisfying ending, which is really important for something that you invest so much of your time and and, and energy into into covering. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't kind of penciled something into the diary, but I think I definitely will kind of drag the DVDs out and, and, and watch some of that stuff for sure. It's still very binge-worthy. Like, that's one thing I found, and not only was I kind of just, like, gave myself a bit of a deadline to try and watch it ahead of recording the reunion, but it was more of a case of, like, I was finding myself sucked back in. I was like, oh, I just want to keep watching. I want to keep watching. Mm. And there are definitely episodes where, yeah, you remember it and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, okay, this one, I don't remember this. And, oh, yeah, here it goes this. And you, you, like, you remember it, but you don't remember it. And it's just some of those ones that it does bring back our recaps. You know, you get to Sal Perry. You get to sort of the, um, the now the late Anne Heche storyline and kind of all that sort of stuff and other sort of elements <laughs> too of some of these actors and everything. We're like, wow, okay, I forgot they were in it or this is this episode, this is that mm-hmm. episode. And it's just, it's fascinating. Like, I, I kind of forgot, you know, like the Rona Mitra, uh, you know, Bruno Campos stuff in season three and kind of all that elements and Joan Rivers. And a lot of these people are sadly no longer with us anymore. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. 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 I, I often think of that episode that you and I disagreed on. And it was like one of those ones that was, um, you know, I, I guess probably almost like a cornerstone episode of the show, which is the, um, you know, obviously the one where Sean finds out about Matt. Oh, Agatha um, Rip. Agatha Rip, yeah. Um, and, you know, like I think we both agreed that there were some fantastic scenes in there and I think they kind of ranked quite highly on our final list, but but we were kind of at, at opposite ends of what we thought of the overall episode. And I think that's really fascinating to kind of go back and watch that episode and then listen to, to our discussion. And I think that was one of the things I really liked about covering the show is that you and I generally were quite you know like an agreement about most of it but we did have things that we different views that we saw on it which was really fun to kind of go back and and just just think about those things that we maybe didn't agree on and and seeing other people's points of view i thought was was really interesting which of course sal perry though at the bottom of the pile i found i found <laughs> i found a website because i know they aren't really we're still the only website or anything that's ever ranked all 100 but i found here one uh series with sophie uh, hello sophie if you're listening She's done the 10 best episodes of Nip Tuck, which, okay, good for you, Sophie. Number 10, Sal Perry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know how I feel about your rankings uh, series with Sophie, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit off-put by that one. But there is just, yeah, so many of those. I, I didn't get a chance to listen to any of our episodes. I actually, in the lead-up to the reunion, wanted to listen to, say, our John Hensley or Robert Lasato interview just with them being on the reunion to try and refresh my memory, but uh, ultimately didn't get the time. But I still think it's kind of like a nice little moment in time that we've captured some of these actors that have been on the show, they've been able to share it. Because I think that's one thing I found from the reunion is that these are people who still hold it dear to their heart that they were on this show. And yeah, okay, we didn't get Julian or we didn't get Dylan on the show. We didn't get Ryan. Like, you know, you didn't get some of these people who are still, well, at least in Ryan's perspective, front and center and household names. Uh, we'll talk about Dylan and Julian because they're, I guess, updates since we last talked about them. Um, but, like, still it's kind of – and that's what I've always found on this podcast when we've had the honor of talking to some of these actors in, I guess, the more obscure shows that we've covered is that they still hold it dear. And that doesn't necessarily mean whether they have gone on to bigger or better things or they've really kind of – this was maybe the peak of their career. They still hold it. I mean, I look at someone like Kim Raver who we had talking about Third Watch who – if anything, has gone on to massive things since we had her on the show going back onto Grey's Anatomy and how that show has become weirdly bigger out there. But, you know, she, after all these years, doesn't have to talk about Third Watch. She's more known for Grey's Anatomy now. She's more known for 24 now. But, like, she will take a show like that and go, yeah, okay, I love talking about the show. She'll still post about it on Instagram. You'll see someone um, like uh, Eddie Cibrian, who is bigger and better now. So I'm not here to talk about Third Watch, but just you see these people who hold a show and you've got people like that on Nip Tuck. Kelly Carlson is somebody who ultimately when we were doing these recaps, we could never track down. Since then, she's on Instagram now. I've had a few conversations with her, including a very interesting conversation one night where she might have had a few <laughs> drinks uh, too many, but hey, that was fun. Uh, and we were very much trying to get her on the, the reunion. She was very, very keen and ultimately it sort of fell through. But she has ever... She'll, Posts all the time about Nip Tuck. If you're ever on Instagram and you want to check her out, I think it's just the real Kelly Carlson, and she will post all the time about Nip Tuck. She actually did uh, maybe about a month ago at the time of recording this, she did a kind of a live Instagram video where, like, you know, her 50 followers who like Nip Tuck were asking her live about Nip Tuck. So she kind of still will do that. It's kind of the only thing I've really seen around the 20th anniversary is kind of Kelly Carlson's been doing a few things here and there. 
But I, well, I guess what I'm trying to say, my long-winded way of pointing this out, is I like the fact that you will get these actors who still hold it close to them. You know, it's sort of, it's, it's, you know, maybe Bradley Cooper's not out there talking about this every five minutes. You know, Peter Dinklage, these people aren't talking about it. You know, J.K. Simmons, I played a man who had boobs. But, <laughs> you know, it's still kind of, at least there are people who are involved in this show who clearly still hold it very close, even though it is maybe not the big thing that, say, a show like Lost or Breaking Bad that we've covered still is after all these years. Well, I think probably it, it maybe felt a little bit like they were uh, not necessarily in a bubble, but I think kind of it was, you know, we talk about it maybe being a bit of a forgotten or lost show, but it was kind of groundbreaking at the time. And so I think probably what I picked up from from listening to um, that reunion was that people felt like they were really doing something they hadn't done before, um, that they were, and they were given a license because it was a different type of show to give their own feedback in terms of, so I think probably we're at that real point where, you know, like I think actors become more invested and, you know, giving more feedback in terms of how the show is going to go to the point where they're, they're offering uh, sexual positions by the sounds of it in terms of, 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 uh, of yeah, how their character should act in that situation. And, and I think probably for them, that makes it stand out a little bit more. I think probably we're at that point. And I even think like I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan and have watched a lot of the documentary and behind the scenes stuff about that as well. And because that was made like in a bubble on the other side of the world from Hollywood, I think those guys remember it a lot more and because it was like a it was a project as opposed to just a job and I, I get the impression from listening to these guys talk about Nip Tuck that's a little bit the same that it is a, it feels like a project as a, well I felt like a project as opposed to just a job that they were coming in and out of and especially for those guys that were kind of main or recurring characters you know like it was something that was a big part of their lives over several years um, so it wasn't just a job and yeah I think that that's it's really nice to know that. It's nice to know that they have those memories and, you know, even if the rest of the world or lots, a big portion of the world forgets about the show, they won't. And so that's really cool. It's interesting, again, since we wrapped up the recap series and sort of, you know, a four-year period has passed and just sort of we talked obviously in that series recap about these actors, what they're up to, why haven't they gone on to bigger and better things and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, I guess kind of since we did that, I guess our, our main two, Dylan and Julian, uh, I mean, I guess... They're in shows at least, but that may be a, a bit below their um, talent, I want to say. Um, of course, Julian McMahon is the star of FBI Most Wanted, uh, which I'm not sure if you've ever caught much of. And then Dylan Walsh, I don't want to call him the star. He's the, I might show up every five episodes on Blue Bloods as the mayor of New York City, which... Yeah, I mean, look, I've watched Blue Bloods. I'm not going to, you know, complain about that show because I've watched it since the beginning and I haven't given up on it. But it's just like, it's frustrating still. It's frustrating that you look at these two who are so good. And even on a rewatch, this show is now 20 years old, still so good. And you just see it. Like, I think I watched one episode of FBI Most Wanted. It just happened to be an episode where you got Terry O'Quinn, a.k.a. Locke from Lost, and you got Amy Carlson, a.k.a. Taylor from Third Watch in an episode. So you got to have these three actors who, to me, are all well above the quality that we've got an FBI most wanted, and yet here they are being wasted away on network television in 2023. But I don't know if you've caught either Dylan or Julian in any of these shows, Nick. I just think a swing in safari. Um, yeah. That's, well, that's, yeah, and it, it's, it's a... Bizarre, but really fun movie, and um, and um, Julia McMahon kind of cuts loose on that movie a little bit. It's a really fun watch if you haven't seen it. And um, I think probably like going back to my point earlier on about the age of these these characters, I think probably you know if this had been a show that was about these doctors that were kind of fresh out of you know college and were you know kind of rookie plastic surgeons, it would have been a different type of show, and mm. it wouldn't have been as good in my opinion. But then these guys might have come out of it with another 10 to 15 years opportunity to kind of really cement themselves as kind of Hollywood A-listers. But, you know, and I think it, it, I, I think about Julian and I think, you know, his big chance really to be a kind of Hollywood guy was in the Fantastic Four movies and they were just stink movies. Like, you know, he wasn't great in them, but they weren't particularly great vehicles to kind of show you know showcases talents and you, you and i talked about that you know he's got the look of bond you know he could have been a bond guy in a different universe you know i yeah. think he could have easily been a james bond um you know and, and, and we've always said yeah. he was in talks he, he got yeah, close. yeah yeah and and so i think i think for me 
part of it's just an age thing. I think these guys just came out the other side of Nip Tuck and, and they probably had 18 months to two years to really cement themselves as big names before that star fades. And I just don't think either of them kind of really got a project that mm. allowed them to do that. And so like, yeah, they're kind of like in in TV shows from time to time. It's like Dylan Walsh. I keep thinking about that show. I need to watch that Whiskey Cavalier, which is, it only got one season and he's only in, I think like five episodes of it. But um, I keep meaning to watch that because it's um, got Lauren Cohen from Walking Dead. So I'm quite interested in watching it from that perspective. But I think they kind of turn up and they do a job in TV shows, but it's a real shame that they haven't really grabbed onto some, some big movies, you know? And I think like it, either of these guys could do a job in a Marvel movie or, you know, like something like that. And they've just never really kind of had that opportunity, which seems crazy to me. Which I'm just wondering, given that Deadpool 3 looks like it's a bit of a multiverse movie, you know, what do you think the odds mm. that they get Julian back as Doctor Doom? Yeah, that would be pretty yeah, funny. That would be pretty cool. The other one I should mention here with Dylan Walsh, I've never watched it though, but he actually is a main character in Superman and Lois. He plays General Sam, oh, Sam Lane. Right, okay. So oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realize that as well. And Julian McMahon, I see he's actually got a movie that he's um he's filming called The Supremes at Earl's All You Can Eat, featuring <laughs> his former on-screen fiance Sana Lathan. So a uh, bit of a reunion there between oh. uh, Christian and Michelle going on for that movie. So and Mackay Pfeiffer, ERs, Mackay Pfeiffer. Eminem verse rap, Mackay Pfeiffer from 8 Mile. So uh, that's kind of cool. I like that sort of connection there. But, yeah, no, I think you're right. Like it's sort of – it's it's a bit shaming. You know, we've always talked about I think back then Dylan was on um, the – what is it, the one where you send in like 50 bucks and you get a message oh. from him. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's still going on there with that. But, um, yeah, it's just a bit of shame. And I'm even looking up because I know we talked a bit about Jolly Richardson about sort of what she's been up to, even – in the four years since we've done that, she she hasn't really done much. Oh, jolly. She's obviously very selective in what she's doing. She's in the blacklist for a little bit, apparently. Uh TV show called The Sandman. Never heard of it. Uh, and she's uh, currently filming a show called The Ballad of Renegade, Renegade Nell. So, um, <laughs> Well, The Sandman was quite a big thing because that was like quite a... Um, it's a like DC it was show. A, okay. Well, it was like an audio book that was kind of like... Um, more like an audio drama than an audio right. book. So if you listen to it, it's and it's got lots of big names. Like I think so. The actual the book itself was quite a big deal, and it had like um, James McAvoy was one of the the um, the voices, and then they turned it into a Netflix show. And I think that the, I tried to listen to it and just couldn't get into it. But I think um, the TV show was quite popular. Um, so if she's if she's on that, that's probably her biggest credit outside of Nip Tuck. Yeah, you know, which is kind of crazy to think. And I, you know, like I. I probably gave Jolly Richardson a pretty hard time in those podcasts. And I think probably she really struggled with the American accent was always my take. I think when you see her and stuff and she's using her British accent, she's actually really good. Um, and so I think probably having to do those really dramatic scenes in a different accent was something that just never really kind of cemented for me. Um, but yeah, I think probably it's interesting that if she's been in the, I guess probably the biggest show out of the three of them, that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, well, is Blue Bloods a big show? I don't really know. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just that standard television landscape of basically every show on network TV is a quote big show. Cause they're so stagnant. They don't change. Right. right? It's like how survivor can last this long. Blue Bloods, yeah. Grey's Anatomy, NCIS, yeah. like in, you know, um, broadcast television circles. Yeah, they're big shows because you've still right. got the audience, but yeah. um, they're still going strong and they probably won't ever end. <laughs> it's mm. just, you know, 911, we saw kind of Fox scrapped it, but I think ABC just picked it up. because like, no, this still mm. does numbers. And as heard in the reunion, uh, that was probably the last thing I saw John Hensley in. He was a random guest spot in an episode of 911. I'm like, hey, mm. you got, got on a Ryan Murphy show there. Which Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be something of a, a mystery as to why these guys just didn't go on to other stuff and yeah, we'll never really know the answer to it. I think like, was it that they just didn't get the big breaks? Did they turn down stuff because they were just a bit burnt out? Like we'll never really know, but it, it's always, it's always going to be that water for me of like what might've happened if these guys had come out in Iptuck and got in a really good kind of Hollywood blockbuster. Like these guys could be household names and Niptuck is actually like, that thing that everybody got because they're like, oh, I want to see what what you know gave Dylan Walsh's big break. I need to go and watch that show, you know. And but it, because that's never happened, like 
Niptuck isn't the big show that it maybe could be. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, it will just always be a bit of a mystery to me because we just, you know, we just wax lyrical about those two guys and just how good they were. Um, and you can't tell me that that was just the environment that they were in. You know, obviously that helps, but they they have to be pretty good at what they do to to give up those performances. You know, and not just like in one or two episodes, but basically every episode they're in. Like, I don't think there were many times when we were like, oh, yeah, Dylan was pretty shit in this episode. Or, you know, Julian was phoning it in. Like, they're pretty good in all of them. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to sort of those, uh, I guess, side sort of characters that we know have gone on. Like, I mean, yeah, Bradley Cooper's still being Bradley Cooper. Peter Dinklage is still being Peter Dinklage. You know, these big names are out there. Actually, in um, The Watcher, one of Ryan Murphy's newer shows, uh, Seth Gable played Adrian Moore, Ava's son. Right. He was sort of a sem- somewhat main character um, in that so kind of you still see them popping around here every now and then. I mean, Katie Sackhoff, I mean, Jesus, she yeah. just keeps yeah. getting bigger and bigger, doesn't she? Like mm. kind of the stuff that she's going on to and everything as well. So there's a lot of these people who are still sort of floating around and doing it. And then there are some that kind of were big and kind of haven't been seen for a while. Famke Jansen, she's kind of, I guess, gone into a bit of obscurity, I think, a little bit. There, Brittany Snow, uh, Annalyn McCord, they were sort of big names and they've kind of sort of faded back into the background a little bit somewhere as well. Rosie O'Donnell. She all right? Is Rosie fine? I haven't heard from her in a while. Um, so <laughs> I think she just like has a go at Donald Trump on no. Twitter most of the time these days, isn't she? Yeah, and there was that. Uh, wasn't there that main star in season one that we don't talk about as well? What was yeah, yeah we, don't, yeah, we don't mention that. Um, one thing I did on the rewatch though, and I sort of loosely touched on it on the on the reunion, is I I, I wanted to like do a count, and I, I really should have counted like how many people Christian slept with, how many surgeries, how many times Sean punches someone or something, like how many times Julia moans. I don't know, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I did the poor Matt, and I wanted to kind of clarify in this. So if you heard the reunion episode, uh, I got 142 poor Matts. Now, I might have been a bit, like, open-ended on some of these, right? But, like, you know, there's a few obvious ones that clearly you can go through here. But I, I did mark every single one down. I'm not going to read all 142, but you got, like, the obvious ones here. Chops own penis for circumcision. Poor Matt, right? Girlfriend cheats on him. Fair enough. Gets an STI. Uh, but then, like, episode five of season one, doesn't get a Game Boy. I thought, well, poor Matt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he wanted to have one. Um, so, you know, I think that's that's fair. Uh, I also put down as, as one, meets Ava. That's pretty poor Matt. Kind of ruins his life. Um, another one here, maybe a little bit, you know, technical here. Has his Xbox ripped out of his hand in the middle of a game. Like, poor Matt. <laughs> he, was, he was enjoying that, right? Uh, but then, like, when I got to season six... Because season six had the most. That had 39 moments of uh, poor Matt. So I just want to read some of these in order here. Okay. From episode one. Becomes a mime. <laughs> Gets robbed on the beach. Eight cents short of a coffee. So decides to rob the coffee store. Episode three. Still a mime. Episode four. Still a mime. <laughs> episode four. Still robbing stores as a mime. <laughs> episode four. Gets brought into a lineup with other mimes. Uh, gets accused of being a mime. <laughs> like... I mean, I just, the whole mime stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been a bit, I'm happy to send you all this if you kind of want to see all of the ones that I actually did. But, um, if you, have you got, um, is forced to sell carpet at his father in law's store or whatever that yeah, was? No, was the, it carpet? Yeah, no, he was a carpet. So at the end, yeah. I have yeah. got, uh, no, I definitely have that. Episode 16 plans to move to Victorville to work in a carpet store. Um, right. And then episode 18. Is a carpet salesman and he's bored. <laughs> um, Ava comes back into his life. Cheats on Ramona with Ava. Leaves Ramona at the altar for Ava. Plans on running to Brazil with Ava and a son abandoning his daughter. Um, so, yeah. Um, sleeps with his sister. Breaks up with his sister. <laughs> I mean, literally there was that episode where he gets his own poor Matt montage at the beginning of the episode. They literally were like previous on Nip Tuck. The whole one minute previously on was all the bad shit that had happened to Matt. So, I think like just like a like a three to four hour movie, just like a, an edit down of all the Matt moments would probably be like a really sad slash funny yeah. like watch. Um, That's the reboot. Yeah. You want the Annie yeah. and Matt like coming back, right? Oh, we haven't even talked about Annie. Oh, no. Annie. Well, I just want to say that um, I've had a few conversations with Kelsey Lee Battlin on Instagram. She, she's <laughs> lovely. Like, seriously, she's very, very nice. But clearly, I'm guessing Nip Tuck was just kind of like, she did it, that was acting, and she just went on and sort of just had a normal life. 
So sort of in discussion about trying to get her on the reunion. She's kind of like, I've never been on a podcast before. Like, what do I do? And kind of all this sort of stuff. And ultimately it never happened. But she's very, very nice. She's she's a mother now. She's married um, and seems to just be like living her best life. But oh, I love rewatching this and just the Annie love. Good old Annie. There she is. I was going to say, is she, is she still eating her hair or is she giving that up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hanging out with uh, older Italian men. That's a little bit. <laughs> oh, God, which, yeah. I mean, one thing I will say on the rewatch, which again, like, you talk about re- reducting this show, but some of the stuff, which I, I can't even remember how much we went off at it. Can we just again establish that Julia murdered someone? Um, that Julia <laughs> deliberately planted freaking cocaine in a mother's bag that we never saw the end of it. Matt kills someone. We talk about the guy when he's getting the breast implants in prison. Matt chokes him to death and then like a week later he's let out of prison. <laughs> Amount of times people get away with murder in this show. I Literally, for- yeah. I forget how many times that Christian and um, Sean have to freaking, you know, put a body into alligators. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, it is funny because, like, I think of there's a show in New Zealand called Outrageous Fortune, which I think you know about. Yeah. And, like, that show got too big for itself the, right at the moment where the main character kills somebody, like, accidentally by, like, slashing his jugular with, jugular with a broken bottle. And it was like, that's too much. And, you know, like, the show just went downhill and then lasted one more season after that. But, like, nothing nothing stopped Nip Tuck. Like, right. nothing, no, there's nothing too crazy for the show, eh? Like, you didn't even talk about Matt getting breasts and, no. you know, people freezing their own legs off and, you know, like, it's just... <laughs> but the, the beauty, as we know with Nip Tuck, is that these were all based on real life things, right? <laughs> um, and But, like, it's just... It, it was hilarious. Like, the oh, freaking Sal Perry, what a shit show that was. But, like, legitimately, <laughs> like... Freaking Julia murders someone that also, as we said, we, she thinks is her mum, which turns out to not be because her mum's just at home. Oh, golly gee, Julia, I could have been on that flight. Again, I want the, I want the post scene of that. I was just like, I just killed a woman. Like, <laughs> she fucking smothers a woman with a pillow and it's never mentioned again. Sean was about to go into witness protection with Anne Hayes and that fucking annoying little shit of a child. He was willing to leave everything behind and change his mind at the last minute. Never mentioned again. The character in season one that thou shall not be named. Never mentioned again. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. And it, it, it's um, it, it, like, I, I think the thing too, that we probably never really, well, I think we did talk a little bit about it, but like, so this show starts in, you know, 2003 for obvious reasons. That's why we're doing the, the 20 year anniversary. It's like, it's not that long after 9-11. So probably like at the time that plane crash episode was probably a like, it probably cut quite close to the bone. And, but then when you kind of watch it, you know, 20 or 15 years removed, it's shit. Like it's just a shit show. But like at the time, I can imagine that that was probably something that a lot of people kind of thought about. Um, So that's the only pass I'll give that episode. It is definitely not a top 10 episode. It is absolute crap. Um, But yeah, I think, and yeah, just, yeah, like Julia's mum, like half the stuff with Erica was just like, she was probably the most annoying character the whole time. Just, yeah. I'm and going with so, his yeah. son. I'm going with Anne Hayes' son. God, he was terrible. <laughs> he was pretty bad, yeah. Oh, and rest in peace, Anne Hayes. That was pretty sad in the last 12 or so months. I'm just looking here. I, I know sort of when we did Breaking Bad, you you remembered that with Nip Tuck, you didn't really kind of monitor your rankings, I think. But I'm just looking through here, the the bottom and top episode. I mean, yeah, Sal Perry, right? Because I, I didn't actually, when I was watching this, rewatching, I'm thinking like, I'm pretty sure I hated this episode and like well, I ranked this low. So like Granville Trap, like the one where Christian is just arrested oh, yeah. for murder because of course he is. <laughs> um, Alexis Stone 2. So that was like Italian pedo trying to hook up, hook up with Annie. Uh, Abigail Sullivan, that's one where Matt is on the run and holds Christian at gunpoint on the way to Mexico because, you know... <laughs> Why not? And then, oh, God, Gene Shelley, when Christian and Liz sleep together. Fucking hell. What a storyline that was. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, obviously, uh, yeah, Joan Rivers, uh, season two finale by far. And obviously, I was a huge fan of all sort of the dream sequence one. So I love the Julie McNamara episode where you sort of got Julia's alternate life of if she had married Christian and she's making out with Ava at the end. Obviously, I love Connor McNamara 2026, which, again, scary fact, that's only three years away. Um, and also good to know that, um, I will say John Hensley. I mean, I think the guy still has not aged that much, but looking at the screenshot here and having interviewed him a couple of days ago, 
I think they did well with the aging makeup effects there. Uh, but with Dylan Walsh and Julian McMahon, they're not grey-haired old men. They're still sort of hanging on a little bit to their looks. But I still yeah, they kind of did. They kind of made Christian out to be almost like this kind of fat Hugh Hefner. Like, yeah. yeah. Which I've got to say, like, I still stand by. I know that episode is hated, but I still stand by the fact that I I take that as canon. I know they try to retcon that as sort of like <laughs> that one episode where Sean's like, oh, and I had this dream the other year. But, like, I still stand by the fact with the way this show ends you can still technically have all of that happen. Like, I know... Apart from the camera. That's the thing I always remember about that one. They had, like, the, this kind of quote-unquote futuristic camera. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And the fact that was so... It's me- te- technology always gives you away, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, like if you were to say what age is the show the most, you probably wouldn't talk about, like, the way Christian carries on or, you know, like, trans issues. You'd probably talk about, oh, they had flip phones or something. You know, like, that's probably the thing people yeah. would, would say, which is... I hate when people go on, like, because, of course, technology is going to age any show. Like, that's exactly. just the way it goes. Yeah, well, the, the, in that episode, because, again, remember, that is, that is set in three years right now at the time of recording this. They were, like, were doing surgery with lasers and going, like, oh, I kind of, you know, I just never get used to the lack of blood. Like, you know, I don't... I, that's I, right. I, I'm no surgeon, but I don't think we are currently using lasers for surgery. Yeah. But, I, I mean, some, like, you talked about season four, and I know we, we if you want to hear our full thoughts on this, we're not kind of just rehashing the series recap, but, like, even on a rewatch, how much I defend it, even just now binging it all together, it's just, it's it's nearly perfect. And I thought that was season two. But like, oh my God, just the stuff you get in season four is so good. I mean, freaking Peter Dinklage was on this show. Can we just establish that? I know there was an episode that um, on rewatch, which I'm pretty sure you didn't like. The Damien Sands episode, the the reality TV episode. Oh, Plastic, yeah, I hated fantastic. that episode, yeah. <laughs> I hated that episode. Oh, I just, I just rewatched that. It was like hilarious. And like, that's the thing. See, of all the seasons still, season five is so disjointed. It just feels yeah. so odd that you start yeah. off. And that actually, I, for some weird reason, I kept thinking season six, they moved back to LA. And I know we talked about kind of that they lose that vibe of, the location of the show. They were so very Miami early on and it was so LA mm. in season five. But season six feels so flat that you almost feel they're back in Miami. Like you kind of lose that pizzazz mm. that you had during season five with that. But um, yeah, I mean, this, uh, I recommend if you got the time to, to rewatch it again, because you, you'll definitely interpret things differently having done a hundred recap episodes of it. Yeah, and I think there's like there is definitely episodes that kind of hit you, and you're like, "Wow, that's like a really good episode that I kind of forgot." Like I think about that reefer episode oh, in yeah. season four. That was my number four. Like on my it, list. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's one of those ones where it's like because that's the same episode where Sean's getting a blowjob from a dwarf, isn't yeah. it? Is that the same episode? Yep. Like, and he has like that whole that whole kind of like drunken you know Santa Marlo? thing. Like, it's like, oh, I thought you all knew each that's, other. It's <laughs> right, yeah. And, and so it's like this incredibly funny episode, but then like this horrific ending to the episode and like it's just yeah they just had the mix right there like it was they weren't trying to like be splashy over the top which is kind of what like i didn't like about the whole carver thing is i think they were trying to go for this shock factor and then season four just is kind of dialed back and it's just it's just such a joy to watch um but yeah i think i remember like each season has its has its good points like even season six like and i like i remember quite being pleasantly surprised by five it was too many episodes yeah. um and it was too flabby um but the good stuff was really good and you know six as i said before it ends well and that's the important thing i can i can live with some of the shit in season six because it ends well um so yeah i think all of them have got their points there you know like you could probably do you know you see those charts of like if you want to know what if you just want to get a you know the the kind of um, the condensed version of the show. Watch these episodes. Like there would still be some in season six and five that I would recommend that people watch. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that you know any show goes like that. Obviously, we did Breaking Bad, and we kind of you know that was a rarity where kind of it went from you know not so good in the beginning and all the way oh, it was good in the beginning, but you know what I mean. It got better and better. Mm. It's kind of right now to be topical. It's kind of to me like the Mission Impossible franchise. I was not a fan of the first couple of Mission Impossible movies, but the more they make, the better they get. So mm. uh, I'm sure that's the same with the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, uh, <laughs> never seen. I saw the second one. That's about enough for me. But I, I just think sort of to close this out that, again, this is kind of a nothing episode. It's just more of a Nick and I, let's get together, talk about Nip Tuck again on this special occasion, listen to the reunion. It's better than this episode. But I think that it's just, it's important to celebrate it. We obviously spent a good hundred episodes of our life and that's multiple hours talking about it. It's a show that, I've personally loved since the beginning of beginning of time. Yes, back in zero AD, I love this show. Uh, the beginning of when it started twenty years ago, and 
I think it deserves celebrating. So what better occasion to get you and I? I'm calling it the most uh, esteemed Nip Tuck experts in the world because we're the only ones who have covered this show from start to finish. I mean, unless we were a journalist back in the day, but I'm talking about they still remember it and still are talking about it. But uh, I think it's a perfect occasion to talk about this the, this little show that did and could. Yeah, and I think it is just, yeah, it, it, it is a real... Look, I, I don't think it ever gets the credit it's it's due for being the like one of the pioneers of that that the whole kind of cable TV you know pushing the envelope type of you know like it is in that conversation it just doesn't really ever get the credit it's due it gets overshadowed by other stuff and and I think that's a real shame I think if you're looking and like 100 episodes is not actually that much really like so you know you can go and, and and binge this over a few a few weekends really and you'll probably really enjoy it so i think it does really hold up it's a fun i'm glad we did it and you know every time i talk about it or think about it there's still a an, different angle that we didn't discuss so i think it is just like one of those onion shows there is lots of layers to be peeled back and, and lots to enjoy so yeah it's 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 really fun to think about it being 20 years old and, and still having lots of, to, to kind of digest one thing I wanted to close out on, which this made me happy. I read this a couple of months ago. This article came out March the 5th, 2023. Uh, so this was by Entertainment Weekly. And they did the top 10 best Ryan Murphy shows ranked. And I sort of, I remember when I saw this and I got a little bit scared because I'm thinking like, well, you know, because all everything he's done now is so much more out there in the public that, you know, Nip Tuck's probably going to come in at 10th or not even make the top 10. But I was pleasantly surprised that Nip Tuck finished fourth on this list. And I just want to read what they wrote. And this is, again, this is 20 years. This is kind of where we are now, only a couple of months ago that they wrote this. So that what they said was, to classify Nip Tuck as medical drama feels like the equivalent of calling Get Out a musical or a comedy. Yes, the whole premise is centered around the professional and personal lives of two plastic surgeons, Sean McNamara and Christian Choi. But the series, which launched on FX in 2003, was so horny that you forgot these guys were doctors. The show has a complicated history. Many times it was too provocative for its own good, which is the case with many of Murphy's works. But then you also get the kind of gay sex fantasies that fan fiction is made of. A laxative juiced woman pooping in a hot tub. Listen to uh, Paula Marshall talk about that on our reunion. Uh, and Jennifer Coolidge as the white rapper version of Rachel. Do yeah, that's definitely a storyline when uh, Jennifer Coolidge wanted to be black. I don't know if that would hold up very well today. Uh, and in summation of those absurdities, you can see the makings of the same Murphy that will create jarring mental images like the rubber man of American Horror Story and Jane Lynch's Nicki Minaj in Glee. So for reference point, the only shows that they ranked ahead of Nip Tuck, Glee, which, I mean, 10 years ago, that would have been number one. Um, but I think that really comes down to the fact that it obviously was more of a pop culture moment because if you actually read the write-up of it, again, they're very disparaging to this show. Like, Glee gets a lot of shit now. I'm, a, I'm questioning this one at number two. Now, I still watch this show, but this is not better than Glee or half the other shows in this, this, this list. 911. It is a <laughs> it is a standard network cop procedural show. It's the ripoff of Third Watch, as we've always talked about. It's got Angela Bassett in it. What's not to love about that? Peter Krause. But I'm sorry, 911 is not the second best Ryan Murphy show. <laughs> they have they have Nip Tuck ahead of Popular, of Pose, of Scream Queens, of American Horror Story, like great shows. But yeah, anyway, number one, and rightfully so, American Crime Story. Uh, I think from memory I had Nip Tuck above American Crime Story on my overall TV shows of all time. But American Crime Story is brilliant. Since we've wrapped up Nip Tuck, the third season they did was on the Monica Lewinsky scandal, which if you've not watched it, Nick, watch it. It's incredible. All three seasons are just equally amazing. And, um, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that being number one. But Nip Tuck fourth, Nick, I was, I was impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. And I think, it, it, for me, I think probably for a casual audience, they're always going to think of things like Glee and American Horror Story. You know, those are probably the two I think that are, are always going to get a look in and then it probably your memory and taste probably takes over from that point. But um, yeah, I think that is that is really good. And I think just the body of work that it's not just a one season kind of, or even two season show, it's a full kind of hundred episode story arc. And that makes it really satisfying to watch. So yeah, it, it is nice that it isn't forgotten. And, and, you know, I think, I think a lot of people will remember it. We're probably underplaying it. There are still probably lots of people who really appreciate yeah. the show and, and remember moments from it. I think, you know, like there, there will be kind of lots of standout moments that people do really remember about the show. And um, I think that they will stick with people and that's great. 
I, one thing I would love, uh, to, well, two things just quickly on the Ryan Murphy train um, outside of American Crime Story. If, if you're around one weekend and you just want to watch something that's kind of mindless Ryan Murphy fun, that's kind of very new, The Watcher, it's on Netflix. If you've not watched it, Bobby Cannavale's in it. Third Watcher's Bobby Cannavale uh, alongside uh, with Naomi Watts. It's actually a really good show, very uh, Ryan Murphy-ish. But one thing that I, I joke about friends, we'll do it one day. Obviously, you and I kind of <laughs> want to do Better Call Saul one day. But one that I legitimately think we should put on the radar one time in the future. It's short. It's only two seasons long. It is popular. Ryan Murphy's first ever show. And that that is such like you can just see where he got his like elements from. And it's just seriously, if you do not love the Leslie Grossman character of Mary Cherry, I do not want to talk to you again. Because uh, she's become more of a thing now in all of Ryan. Like, she's very big in American Horror Story now, Leslie Bibb. Uh, Leslie Grossman. As Leslie Bibb has also been popular. But Popular is a fantastic show. It is glee without the music and it is darker. That's all I can say about it. So, um, <laughs> it's like I think it's like 30 episodes long. or so. It's not that long of a show. 43, but, apparently. Oh, 43. Okay, a little bit longer than Two I thought. Two seasons, yeah. But, but um, again, I, I put it on the radar for you, Nick, because it is a great, great show. That, that is a show that more people need to remember was a Ryan Murphy vehicle and thoroughly recommend it. Uh, right now, though, if you're listening to this, good job. If you've not listened to our reunion, listen to it. It's great. And the video version of that right now is upline, upline online to watch that as well. So make sure you check that out and to celebrate it. And, of course, if you want to hear all 100 of our recaps, if you want to hear our series recap, our season recaps, our interviews with all of our other Nip Tuck guests, go to theoznetwork.net. Click on the television tab at the top and you'll see the Nip Tuck section and that is where you find all of our Nip Tuck episodes. And, of course, you can check out our Ranking the Nip Tuck episode uh, article that I wrote as well. So, my opinions, Nick's don't count, clearly. Um, and in the meantime, here on the Oz Network, uh, we're in just about to wrap up Anniversary Month. Yeah, Truman Show the other day. We've got Rush next week. Our spoiler-free review of Mission Impossible 7 was out. Have you seen Mission Impossible 7 yet, Nick? Not yet. Okay. Well, it's Tom Cruise and he does a mission and it's impossible. So just I don't <laughs> want to spoil it for you. But uh, it's it's that's what it's basically about. And also, we're in Barbieheimer week. So uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer will be coming soon as well. So get pumped and excited. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Celebrate Nip Tuck. My name is Ben and tell me what you don't like about yourself. Ah. My name's Nick, and they should just be honest and call this show shit. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.